With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertical Podcast. Glad you could join me. My guest this week has had a very busy offseason. Brad Stevens, head coach of the Boston Celtics. The Celtics coming off a 53-win season, number one seed in the East, a trip to the conference finals, and they may have gotten a lot better, adding Gordon Hayward to the mix. I talked to Brad about the recruiting of Hayward, how his team figures to play with higher expectations on them, and the status of Isaiah Thomas, who was hurt towards the end of the season, What's he going to look like moving forward? All that and more with Brad Stevens. Quick housekeeping note, if you like this podcast, very easy way you can support it. Head over to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, post a rating, leave a comment. It's simple, it's easy, it's free. It's the best way to make sure we keep doing this podcast week after week. That's it. All right, here's my conversation with Celtics head coach Brad Stevens. My guest this week, a uh, guy that's been on the podcast before, head coach of the Boston Celtics, uh, Brad Stevens. Brad, uh, thanks for joining me again here on the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Great to be back. A uh, lot to get into, uh, but as I was researching this, and, and we talked briefly about it before we started recording, uh, you gave a little bit of insight into your pregame routine that's, that's caught on nationally. Uh, you were speaking at the Boys and Girls Club in, in Indiana, and you told the people there that before games, part of your routine is to play Miss Pac-Man. And, and I... <laughs> I didn't know that about you. I've known you for about four years now out here. I, I know a lot of the people on the staff. I didn't know that that was, uh, was part of what you do there. Well, it's obviously only home games when I have time. So um, it doesn't, doesn't fit into every schedule. It's not like a, something that I do um, all of the time. But, hey, just like anybody else, I like to get my mind off things for a few minutes. And uh, 
And so, yeah, I've got one of those machines in my basement from the old pizza parlors back in the day. So a lot of the younger listeners probably won't even be able to uh, see what I'm talking about or envision what I'm talking about. But you just sit down, you play a game, um, get your mind off of it for a minute, go back and get your mind back on it once you open your computer and watch film. So you actually have the full arcade version. Yeah, full arcade version. I've got, you know, my, my kids may be the um, 8- and 11-year-old's best versed in the 1980s games um, on the old, old, old machine. So, you know, we'll p play everything from Frogger to Galaga to Miss Pac-Man. And this really fits me well because I haven't adjusted to the times very well technologically anyways. Um, but it's, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's obviously I don't have it on the road and, and, uh, right when the season's over, I haven't even looked at it since. So, you know, maybe that's my moment of mindfulness as they say. Did the machine migrate with you from Indiana to Boston? Or did you buy a new one here? No, we bought we we bought one here. This was it. It showed up here. This wasn't a new one. This is the first one. <laughs> Very first Miss Pac-Man. Very first Miss Pac-Man. That's right. But in, and it's and it's in you know it's kind of it's kind of funny because in the room next to it, my son's got all of the latest stuff with the VR and everything else, and so I prefer the 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 old good stuff i laugh when i saw that only be, mostly because i have a friend one of my closest friends who only shows his kids 80s tv shows like he's got vhs tapes and he thinks the 80s tv shows are are better for young kids than what they could be watching nowadays well i always joke with my friends here if you go to a game in boston it's amazing how much of the 80s music is still played whether it's at the garden whether it's at fenway um you know i went to a playoff game at gillette and, uh, and so, yeah, it's always, uh, there's a lot of good things that came out of the eighties, I guess. And, 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 and Ms. Pac-Man's right at the top of the list. Well, if you ever need, uh, you know, nineties Power Rangers VHS tapes, I've, I've got a hookup for you. There you, you. go. You there you go. I appreciate that. And, and, you know, every, in every move you, you move less and less VH, VHS tapes. So, um, I don't know if we even have any anymore. We've converted them all to, to DVDs and now we probably should convert those. But I think, uh, you know, it is a it it is a fun it is a fun easy game um, for kids to play too. So it's been fun. We've enjoyed having the machine. It, it's been there's a lot to unpack with you here, but there's been four years since you took the job uh, here in Boston, and I can't imagine that when you took the job, you expected to be the number one seed in the East in in year three, and uh, you know a, a team that's competing for something uh, in year four. But I mean, how close to where you are as a team, how close does this match what your expectations were for what kind of job this was going to be coming in? I didn't really have any expectations other than, you know, obviously you, you come to the Celtics and, and, and part of the allure is the tradition and the history in, in, in this city. Um, and I think that, you know, my expectations were that we would work every day, that we would try to put our best foot forward. We would try to continue to get better and then let the chips fall where they may. But all the while, you knew you had this incredible um, situation where, um, you know, championships have been won over and over uh, here in Boston. And so it was, a, it was a really unique timing because you were coming into it and you were going to be able to with everyone else in the building, add value within your role um, to the organization, you know, getting to where we ultimately want to go and we're not there yet. And at the same time, you have that tradition and that history that nobody else has. And so um, 
it was a it, it, that was a that was a really appealing part of taking the job when I did. Were you bracing for maybe even more losing than you've experienced at this point? I mean, did you mentally prepare yourself for two years, three years of sub five hundred? Or never, I never thought about that. Um, Any time that you're coaching, you go into the game with a game plan, and you think if we if we play really well, we got a chance to win. So I never really thought of, and I'm not one of these guys who goes through the schedule and and looks at tough stretches and and um, and you know stretches where you, you might be able to string a few together it's just every game's its own entity you got to play it to the best of your ability and again let the chips fall where they may obviously um, you know and I was t- sitting on a panel with Gino Oriema this summer and I and you know we were fortunate enough to to win a lot of games last year and, and to get to the Eastern Conference Finals etc and but I asked him like how long's it been since you've lost 29 games? Like total, add up all of the years. And, and, and he couldn't even think of it. And I guess we'd all have to go to the internet to figure out if he's even lost 29 games in his entire career. And we were the first seed during the regular season. And we lost 29 games. We still lost 29 games last year. Like that's, that's way different than if you've got a really good team in college where you lose five to 10. And so, um, you know, it's just one of those things that you really have to, not be affected by the result, but you have to move forward in trying to help your team be a little bit better the next day. Every night in the NBA is really hard. You ever wonder how Gino would have succeeded had he gone to the men's game? Oh, he would have been great. There's not, there's, there's, there's great coaches are great coaches. And there's no, um, and, and we always say this, um, there's no monopoly of great coaches at any level either. Like, you know, there are great summer league coaches. There are great junior high coaches. And, um, great coaches at the elementary level, great coaches at the NBA, college, whatever the case may be. It's, it's all about, you know, trying to help get the most out of the group. And, um, you know, and, and I heard my old boss say that, that there really isn't a monopoly at any one level. So in Boston with, with Celtics fans, they're not used to free agent success, but for the second year in a row, this team has attracted a top level guy, a guy you're very familiar with in Gordon. Just, I mean, what was that moment like for you when you found out that, that Gordon was going to choose coming to play in Boston? Uh, well, I mean, obviously it's an exciting moment for Boston. It's an exciting moment for me. It's an exciting moment for our team. Um, and, you know, because any time that you can add a guy that's, that can play at the level that he can play at and do it with great versatility, your, your team is just going to continue to to get better. He's a, he's a guy that impacts winning on both ends of the floor. He's an unselfish player. He's a guy that – um, really is competitive, really wants to win. Um, and I think that he was drawn to all of the things that I talked about earlier. And I think that, you know, it may not be the reason that you make a decision. And it certainly wasn't the case, wasn't the, the sole reason I came here four years ago. But the tradition and the history and, and um, the, the, the level of um, commitment to competing for championships in this city is really special. And um, it's hard to put into words unless you've lived it. Um, but it certainly is something that I think, um, you know, he will enjoy pursuing as well. And, you know, we're excited that he's coming. How did you find out he was coming? Because in a chaotic offseason, that day stands as one of the crazier of the last couple of months. Yeah, he, he, he didn't call me until after he they released the letter on the Players' Tribune. So um, I guess it, it must have been – literally a minute after it got released because I got, you know, my text started blowing up for the second time that day um, because originally 
you know, they started, um, everybody, or it was initially reported maybe five or six hours earlier. And, um, and, but I had not heard a thing and I figured that I would have heard, um, or at least been kept in the loop if he was coming. So I figured that, that there was no decision made and that he was, um, still sifting through everything. And so after, the letter was released, um, and I think that he had probably already called um, Utah, which is the right thing to do. Um, then he called me after. On the on the outside, it was it was crazy. On the inside, when you're reading these reports and your texts are blowing up, I mean, what are you thinking in those hours where it's reported, but then his side comes out and says we haven't decided anything yet? That's uh, totally. Uh, you know, I was in constant contact with Danny, obviously, but um, but you know. I was just waiting to be called by him. So it wasn't anything that, um, you know, I think that that's the only way that you're going to know. And, and I wanted to respect that and, um, you know, allow him the time that he needed to make the appropriate decision. Adam Hinnemelsbach with The Globe wrote a story after he signed where he talked to Gordon's parents. And one of the things his parents said was that back in, I think it was 2012 or 13, 13 probably, you had texted them uh, after Gordon hit free agency the first time and said that you were, you know, hope that you guys can can work together again uh, someday. W- were you thinking about it even back then uh, about the possibility of coaching him again? Well, I think anytime, and especially at the start of free agency, um, which he was a restricted free agent starting July first of that year. Um, you know, those are things that you think about, and it's not. It's obviously not just Gordon. There's a there's a number of guys that. Um, you would love to have a chance to coach um, across the league. But, um, you know, ultimately he is uh, he was a guy that um, we were not in position to make a run at. Um, we had just come off of a 25 and 57 season and um, we didn't have any room and, and everything else. Um, so, you know, par- probably, and I don't remember that communication exactly, you know, on July 1st or 2nd or whatever it was, but it was probably more encouraging him um, the best of luck as he went through the process at that time um, and a lot less probably f- forward thinking as people would think uh, or, or give me credit for, I guess. It's, you know, I always wanted to respect him and, and all of the decisions and processes he had to make and also respect the situation he was in because they did a tremendous job. They have a tremendous coaching staff in Utah, a tremendous front office. And, um, you know, and he was in a really good spot, and that's why it was such a hard decision. When He's obviously a great player, an all-star, but when you bore down on it, uh, how did did you think he would fit in with this group? You've got, you know, an all-star, a borderline all-star, and Al already. Where did you see how having him in that mix would help this team? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is is, is that a little bit like Al, you know, Al um, can play a couple of different positions. Um, he is a guy that can compliment anybody and will get the best out of anybody else standing next to him, you know, and one of the things we've talked about a little bit here is the Al Horford effect and, and how, you know, a lot of our perimeter players had some of their best individual seasons and, you know, they put a lot of hard work into that. I think they continue to get better and that's a big part of it. And I think Al's presence was a big part of it. And, um, you know, I think any time that you have a guy that can be that versatile, that can add to um, your group, um, everybody else just plays a little bit better. And it goes back to that old saying that people say, you know, the the best compliment you can give somebody is they make their teammates better. And, you know, um, we think Gordon can have a similar impact. 
You, you mentioned the Jazz and, and their front office, and I thought Quinn did an excellent job developing Gordon over these last few years and, and helping him develop into that all-star level player. He's still a young guy. D- did you see, when you watched him, things in him that, you know, a change in, in coming to this system that maybe you can continue to add on to his game, that he can get even better in certain ways? Well, we'll find out. Time will tell. I, I think we, we felt like, um, as you're looking at him, that he's a great fit for how we play on both ends of the floor. We, we want to continue to get more versatile um, and you know as you as you look across the league the ability to to guard teams when they go quote small I mean it's it's not really small when you consider LeBron at the four or Duran at the four or, or um, those guys shifting down positions they still have the same size as the traditional guys at those spots they're just super skilled and super fast and so um, you have to be able to you know, put your best foot forward and be as flexible as you can when when putting a team together. And we've got um, we've we've added some some versatile guys. And the nice part about um, you know from Gordon's standpoint is he can play he can play as your primary ball handler, but he can also play on the wing. And he hasn't slid to the four a lot, but we've got a lot of guys that are in his size range and strength range that will all play together, whatever position you'll call them. Camp hasn't started yet, obviously, but it, when you talk to him, have you told him about things to prepare for to maybe try to get ready for this system and, and the positions that he'll be put in in Boston? Yeah, he's, I mean, yeah, some. We've, we've, we've done that some, but I think those are more passing conversations right now. Um, you know, it's a long year. And, um, you know, when he gets here for good, um, we'll, we'll sit down and have even more of those conversations. But... Um, he's a pro. He knows how to prepare himself. He's done a great job of preparing himself over the course of the last few years. And certainly we, you know, um, you know, with what limited things we're able to do with guys in the, in the off season, um, you know, he knows that he can call and ask um, for any questions, whether it be training, whether it be strength conditioning, whether it be, you know, on the court, whatever the case may be. When the Jazz came to Boston last year, uh, the fans cheered Hayward because they saw him as a potential target for next year. Uh, Jay Crowder took exception to that when it happened. Um, yeah, obviously, Gordon played the same position as him. Uh, now that Gordon's here, have you talked to Jay about how this would affect him and, and how do you see his role evolving with Hayward in the mix? Yeah, and, and I think that Jay, even in his postgame statement, made it pretty clear the next day that, that it wasn't directed at Gordon. I think it was more... Um, that he's a really prideful guy. He's a really good player. And if people are going to position both those guys in that bucket of small forward, um, that's not the way that we look at it. You know, we think that those guys are both really good players that can play together and do so with other guys that may be, you know, in that, in that quote position of small forward. You know, we got I can see many lineups um, that will play that will have – you know, Hayward, Crowder, um, Marcus Morris, Hayward, Crowder, Jalen Brown, Hayward, Crowder, Tatum. So, you, I mean, there's so many people that, you know, we can mix and mesh with now um, from a versatility standpoint at, you know, what people would generally call that two, three, four spots um, that I'm really excited about it. So, you know, I think that um, the, those guys will not only um, get along great because they both love the game, they both love to compete, but – Um, you know, I think they'll play really well together. Support for the Vertical Podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. 
Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing an existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at just the touch of a button. And in addition to getting real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Mannix. That's rocketmortgage.com slash Mannix. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. The last time we saw Isaiah on the court, he was battling the hip injury. Um, in mid-July, Danny came out and said he's not going to need surgery. Um, where do we stand with Isaiah, his, his injury, and, and, and how prepared do you expect him to be coming into camp? We still don't know. Um, we have, he has another follow-up, um, and, a, and, a, and another scan on sep- uh, in the early part of September when he arrives back here, uh, out East. And then from there, we will know, um, an exact timeline. Obviously it's a, it's been a lot of, um, it's been a lot of appropriate rest, a lot of rehab. Um, you know, there've been some good strides here, um, certainly in the last, month a few weeks and um but we're not going to know that until um after that early september time frame does that make you anxious at all um i mean the hip is a significant if it's an injury it's a significant we want what's best for isaiah we want to make sure that um you know when he is ready to roll which hopefully is sooner rather than later um that he is ready to roll at his highest level and 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 you know for the longest possible time obviously right i mean and so um, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot more important to me than, um, anything else. Was it nerve wracking over the summer to, as you're kind of playing the wait and see game and Isaiah was talking about a little bit, just sort of waiting for things to calm down to see if he was going to need surgery, not going to need surgery for such a key part of your team with the uncertainty. Was it unnerving at all during that time? Yeah, I don't know if it was unnerving because you can only control what you can control, but it certainly was, you know, it's, it's. It's a, it's a big deal for me because it's a big deal to him. You know, ultimately that's, you know, um, we all obviously you, you want to go into every season 110% healthy and we'll find out where we stand with everybody. But, um, but more so you want what's best for him. When the season ended, um, one of the things you said was, you know, I don't know time off here. I go right into studying college prospects and, and figuring out what's next for, for the draft uh, in the short period of time. Uh, you guys did draft Tatum uh, with uh, after moving down. What did you see in Tatum in those first few days? I mean, did you get a good look at him then? Was there something that jumped off the screen to you about the way he played and how he might fit with this team? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, and I'm looking at it probably more with a critical eye um, than, you know, people that put together the highlights. Um, and see the one-foot fadeaways and all that stuff. Uh, it's great to be able to score in isolation. Um, it's great to be able to have a variety of ways in which you can score, and we certainly want to use that um, to you know to the best of his ability within what we're all trying to do. I, I think I was really impressed with and um, almost pleasantly surprised by his his defensive ability. I thought he did a good job of keeping guys in front. I thought he did a good job using his length. 
guarding a number of different positions. You know, again, it's kind of like we talked about with Crowder or Hayward or whoever. He might be in the bucket of a small forward if you just wanted to pigeonhole guys. But, you know, we see all of those guys and Marcus Morris and Jalen Brown and all those guys being able to play together. And, and that certainly is a intriguing thing to have that much versatility. Uh, it, it's been said before, but summer league is you know the home of some legends out there. There are guys that have phenomenal summer leagues. It doesn't always translate into the NBA. When you watched Tatum in summer league, what were you looking for, and, and what did you see over the last couple of weeks? I was just looking really at how he would be able to defend. Um, the offensive stuff is going to come easy to him. Um, maybe not easy, but it, but he, he has a natural scoring ability. Um, but I wanted to see how he'd pick up what we were trying to do defensively, how his length would impact uh, others, how he would pick up the, the off-the-ball schemes and everything else, and I thought he did a pretty good job. You mentioned that you don't, you don't look at guys with positions, that the guy's technically a small forward that doesn't mean anything. Tatum's got – looks like he has the height to be uh, maybe kind of a stretch forward type of player – in the NBA. Do you think that he's going to have the physicality to do that? Could he play that type of position over time? Well, I think one of the things that's interesting is, is when you ask about, does he, does somebody have the physicality to play the stretch for that'll be determined by a, their own physicality and B who they're guarding. Right. Cause a lot of teams also go with a um, smaller four per se, or a four that used to be a three. Um, and so it really just kind of depends night to night. Um, but again, that's where, the strength and versatility of the other guys come into play. You know, we're not asking Jason to go from um, where he is in the weight room to where he's going to be at age 25, but we can mix and match a little bit. So if he's playing with Jay, Jay can guard up a spot. If he's playing with um, Shemi, Shemi can guard up a spot. If he's playing with Gordon, Gordon can guard up. So whatever the case may be, we can mix and match depending on who we're playing against. And, yeah, there's going to be some times where you're going to have to guard somebody stronger than you. And uh, you're going to have to figure it out, and he's going to have to use his mind and use his length and, and uh, compete. And you know, that's just ultimately what you have to do. I thought you showed a lot of faith in Jalen in the conference finals, playing him uh, not every night, but 20 minutes some nights, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. Um, as you look to his next step to the second season, is there specific things that you're hoping to see from him as he moves forward? Jalen's got to become a, a lockdown defender for us. Um, that's, that's where, you know, as you go into an off season and you're an individual player, there's a ton of things that you want to get better at. And there's a ton of things that you want to add to your game. But ultimately when you get back with your team, it's what do you do that's different to make your team unique, to give yourself the best chance of adding value to winning. We need him to become that. And the offensive side of the ball will take care of itself, and he'll just continue to get better and better. He's gotten better in his shot. He's gotten better in creating. He's gotten better off the pick and roll. He works hard. He's going to continue to be good at that stuff. But, you know, especially with losing Avery, um, it's going to be really important that Jalen takes the next step defensively. Do things change? I mean, probably not in your mind, but – you know, this team is now coming off a season where they were the number one seed. It's no longer an upstart, no longer going to surprise anybody. Their expectations may be, at least externally. Does that change anything around this team? I don't know. I mean, it'll change the amount of attention we have, probably. Um, changes the, the number of 8 p.m. games we play because we're on national TV more. Um, it changes, um, you know, our Christmas Day plans from four years ago. Um, but it has no impact on what we 
do, how we run our meetings, what we're doing in practice, how we're going to coach, how we're going to try to, you know, work, you know, all of those things stay the same. Do you like the uh, early start to the season, the expanded schedule? Obviously, the NBA is trying to eliminate those nationally televised rest games that, that teams do. Do you, Is that uh, a positive for, for you with this team? I don't know yet. I'll be able to better answer that after we go through it. Um, you know, as a coach, one of the things that I think you greatly appreciate is the time on the practice court with your team, and to cut that by 10 days is certainly significant. So um, I'll be able to better tell you probably after the next few years um, to get a better idea of that, but it's certainly going to come fast, especially with a team that has 60% of its roster new like ours. The um – the craziness of the offseason continues because Cleveland is still out there doing things. Um, we have the Kyrie Irving trade demand. How close, I mean, they're your arrival for this team. How closely do you watch what's going on um, with the team that you competed against in the conference finals? I don't read much. Um, you know, if, if, you know, and I just really look at it, everything from our lens and our perspective. And so I spend time um, talking to our people when, um, they think there's something going on there or not. Um, but I don't get into all the rumor mill. I don't get into all the talk. I, I don't read hardly any of the articles, in large part because this is the time of the year where I really enjoy kind of getting away um, from that and, and reading or doing things that I think will help us um, but aren't necessarily just in you know the NBA. I'd like to get outside of the NBA a little bit. You mean you're not sitting there on a lake in Indiana just – Scrolling through Twitter, the latest, <laughs> the latest rumor. What's where is Kyrie going next? I have a, I, I, so I took as as I might have told you this before. Like I, I have I have a Twitter account and, and have it on my iPad, but I don't open my iPad all that much, and so I took it off my phone a few years ago, and it has been a great decision. Uh, I never had Facebook. I've never had Snapchat. I've never had Instagram. Um, so like I said, I'm a, I'm a 1980s video game guy. So, uh, I haven't moved much past that. So no, I don't, I don't follow everything as, as closely as, as maybe, um, my 11 year old does. Um, and he, he actually, um, has gotten into some of that stuff, but we're making sure that he gets the appropriate media training before he utilizes any of it. Does he have a Twitter account right now? No, no. He, and I won't say what he has, but he has. He, he has a he does do some social media and um, I actually had a person that I really think highly of um, in the in the world of media training FaceTime him and spend 30 minutes with him on the um, perils of social media and uh, so I guess it's never too young to be educated on that because if he winds up tweeting something, you'll get asked about it at the next press conference. Or if conference. he likes something, or if yep. he shares something, unfollows or if he someone, unfollows. Yeah. So all that stuff is all that stuff is real, right? But it shouldn't be news. But as we've learned, sometimes it is. You, I was asking you before we started about you know just taking a break, taking some time off, and, and powering down. Have you found it easier, or maybe even harder, to you know step away and and uh, from the game than it was in college maybe is it is there a difference between the kind of breaks and mental rest you give yourself no I think it's and this is one of the things that you hear a lot of people in the NBA say I think it's much easier to get away in the NBA I think it's much easier right you know after that summer league um, that last summer league game um, and then you know before you you start coming back and and start getting to work on the new year you, you know your guys are all over the place you get a chance to 
kind of distance and, and, and recharge a little bit. Um, you know, the, 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 the old guard of the NBA will say that time has been even more limited um, than it was before. Um, but, you know, like I, I, was, I, was, I was doing something uh, in Indianapolis earlier this week, and, and I was thinking about Laval Jordan is the new head coach at Butler, and he took the job in the middle of June. He finished camps, which he was running. He went and did July recruiting for three weeks. And then he had his team practicing. Then he took his team to Spain. And, oh, by the way, they start school this weekend. And so, like, there's never any time. And that's just the way it goes. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, it's important, whether you're in college coaching, pro coaching, whatever you're doing, right, to be able to get away a little bit. And, you know, so I don't need a, a ton of time. But I've got a couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm ready to roll. Ex- expectations for the new coach at Butler, those <laughs> pretty high these days. Uh, last, last couple have turned out and okay. Like, and like we've always said, those, you know, that, that place is built for um, sustained success because of the players, the administration, the, you know, everybody's bought into um, and aligned in what they're trying to achieve. And that's to create a great experience for the kids and, and ultimately um, – you know, that's been bigger than any one person, player, or coach. I know you don't read uh, this stuff, but, I mean, it still continues. Every time a college job opens up, you know, Ohio State opened up, uh, newspapers out there writing maybe Brad Stevens is a candidate. Do you, do you get laughs still at, at that possibility, at the idea that that still is in the water supply? I think that's a great reason to not read everything if you're out there reading everything. Uh, there's, you know, and, and you know, th- the whole idea of the job carousel, especially when I was in college, was like, almost hilarious to read like you almost got a kick out of it like um you know so and so is supposed to be there on an airplane but they're actually at home with their family like it's just the you know we live in a world of we we all want to break news we all want to make sure we're the first to to say something we want to put out there a wild idea and if it comes true you know it's a it's a really good thing and and at the same time um you know some of it's true and some of it's not do you still get calls about college jobs? I talked to a ton of ADs um, in the last couple of years as they were going through their searches to find people, but it was never about me. Do you miss the style of coaching? I mean, is there a big difference between how you coach in college and how you coach in the pros? Zero. Really? No. For me, it's, there's no different. I mean, it's uh, the only difference is you have more practices. But as far as how you coach, um, your approach, uh, you know, for me, I just think you have to be yourself and – um, so I don't coach any differently here than I did at Butler. Do you have, and I'll finish with this, but do you have any more excitement um, going into a year like this where, uh, you know, you add a player like Gordon, you're, you're, you're deep at multiple positions, you've got young players. I mean, does it change how are you, you know, kind of get up for, for a season? Not how you'd coach it necessarily, but because of what this team potentially could be. Is there any more excitement for you? I don't, I don't know if there's more excitement. Um, I love to get in the gym with guys. There, there's no week that I like better than the first week of training camp. That's my favorite week of the season. And so because that's when your team really starts to come together, that's when you start to pair guys up and see how they play together. It's where you can start to build a foundation and a vision of what you're all trying to accomplish together. It's where you see a group that's 60% new get on the same page. Um, so for me, the games are, I mean, they're fun, and, and it's a part of it. Um, but there's nothing like putting the team together. And that's no matter what, every year you kind of feel that same level of excitement. 
I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten smarter about making sure I don't wish the off season away and making sure that, I, that we are all appropriately recharged. Um, there's no question that we're really looking forward to this team, but, but I think that, you know, part of coaching is you look forward to every team. Does it feel at times that you're coaching almost two teams? I mean, so many, another, another year, more young players. You mentioned the turnover on the roster. You also have the formed guys, the all-stars that are here. Does it feel at times that there's almost two teams out there at practice? Uh, it'll be really interesting this year because there, there's not as much um, continuity from the last couple of years. Um, we do have, you know, I think Al might be our oldest player. Um, we, she's still a very young guy. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a number of guys that have never played an NBA game before. And so it'll be interesting to see how that um, all shakes itself out. But we have a, a the, the, the thing that we have had a lot of stability in is our staff. And um, that's been really good. Like, you know, one of the things is as coaches take over new programs or have to hire a whole new staff, you find that you're coaching coaches in what you're all trying to accomplish and coaching players. And, and that can be really tough. And, but when you have this kind of stability and continuity on your staff, um, that eases that transition quite a bit when you have, you know, nine new players. Have you gotten used to the business side of the NBA? I mean, obviously, you hate to lose a guy like Avery Bradley, but it's necessary as you're trying to build the team forward. Do you ever get used to I that? I don't think you're ever going to get used to that that part of it. You know, Avery was, um, you know, a blast to coach for the last four years. He's a great person. Uh, he's a great husband and dad. He's a, he, you know, I, I hope for great things for him this year and beyond. I think that um, – that's the hard part. You know, not only Avery, but we lost a lot of guys that had been a big part of us um, both last year or the last few years. Um, and so, you know, when you look at uh, Kelly and, and Jonas and, and Gerald Green starts a couple games and Tyler Zeller started three years ago when we kind of went on that run right before we, we got into the playoffs at the last minute, all that stuff has added up to put us in a position to not only continue to – to build with young players, which the draft and has allowed us to do, but at the same time be competitive through it. And I think that that's, you know, every one of those guys that has come through here, we owe a great deal of gratitude to. Was the video at Fenway for Gordon your idea? Um, stopping by Fenway um, is a no-brainer if you coach in Boston. And I, and I know that, um, you know, I know Gordon's not a huge baseball fan, mm -hmm. but I know that Fenway Park um, transcends what your favorite sport is. Um, and, you know, ultimately, if a guy chose to play college basketball in Hinkle Fieldhouse, he's probably going to like walking into Fenway Park. How long did you take, did you prepare for that meeting? I mean, was it the kind of thing you poured over and, and, and or does it just sort of, did it come naturally? Just how you. No, I mean, I mean, obviously, as, as, as you, um, you know, as you meet with him that day and in the days, um, you know, after you're, you're on pins and needles about what you presented, but it's, you know, we have, we're just presenting like what we're doing. And, and that, that is a pretty easy thing to put together because that's what we try to live every day. And, and, uh, and then it's just about being able to answer questions that, um, whoever the free agent, you know, the free agent is, is interested in answering. And so, um, obviously, you want to be able to speak to how you see them being able to impact your team. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, it's easy to sell when you believe in it. 
And, you know, I think that um, we're all, you know, we very much believe in what we're all trying to accomplish. Your idea to pick him up at the airport to stand kind of in the terminal waiting for me off the plane? Well, I don't, you know, again, I guess I'm not all that forward looking. Um, I just thought, yeah, we'll go pick him up. That's what Micah and I would do. And Micah's, Micah was his position coach in college, and so um, they've had a great relationship for a long time. Gordon loves Micah, and 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 uh, so that was a. You know, it, it seemed like a no-brainer. The hard part for me is driving around the city. Um, you know, I hate to admit this, but we only come downtown so often because we we don't practice in the garden. So we practice out out west here in Waltham, and so. Um, I still need some help, um, you know, finding my way around the city. Did it feel I like need a good walking tour one of these days, or maybe I, I've told myself I'm not ever going to do the duck boat tour until they, till uh, hopefully till we're official. able to get over that hump and, and make it official. Did it feel like old times with, with the recruitment? You obviously recruited him once. Was there, was it a big difference? I'd say it was really, I'd say it was, um, you certainly there's a familiarity, but it was different. Yeah. I, just a, the difference between sitting there when you're 16 or 17 to 27, you change a lot, you grow up a lot. Um, you know, he, he was really thoughtful, asked a ton of great questions and, and, um, you know, I thought that it was cool to see how much he's, you know, matured in the last 10 years as, as most anybody would, if you were in that position. You think you like the intensity of this city? I mean, you've experienced it for four years, you know, fans here have expectations for guys that come in and, and how they play. Do you think he'll embrace that? This, to me, one of the things that I've learned in this city is all about, you know, embracing guys that really embrace team, community, and effort, and doing things the right way. And when things go well, um, moving on to what's next. And when things don't go well, being accountable and moving on to what's next. And so, like, you know, this is a great place to play, and this is a great place to coach. And, you know, I think that everybody wants expectations because that means you have a chance. Well, Brad, I appreciate it. Um, I know Danny, when he did the story on Chipotle, uh, he got a like free card for life, I think, from that. Maybe Miss Pac-Man, this will all <laughs> kind of lead to free stuff for you. The, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Free new I'm, game. I'm, I'm looking forward to all the things that come in the mail. <laughs> Do they even make new games? Like, is it even, can you even buy that somewhere? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, again, hey, I'm outdated. I know that. I'm okay with that. Um, I've... Uh, I've, I've, I've committed myself to, to, to older technology, which isn't all bad. That means I don't have to have Twitter on my phone. <laughs> well, Brad, no training camps around the corner. Thanks for uh, taking some time to join me here. Thanks, Chris. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Brad Stevens for joining the show. As always, you can download archived episodes on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, really anywhere you can download podcasts. While you're there, post a comment, leave a rating. You know I appreciate it. And I'll see you next week. This has been a digital media production. Find your voice. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.